Welcome to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. Here is your host, Bill Faith. The STR Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Market My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Mark on My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with MarketMySTR. Hey, welcome to STR Unfiltered. I'm really excited that you're here today. I'm gonna to talk to you about how I manage my debt. Uh, so we're going to talk about my loans that I use when I'm buying properties. We're going to talk about managing DTI, debt-to-income ratio. We're going to talk about credit card management. Uh, because if you're like me and you have, you always seem to be in the process of rehabbing, renovating, furnishing uh, properties, and you're spending a lot of money on credit cards, I use three in particular. And I'll kind of just start right there with, um, actually, you know what? I'm going to start with loans because a lot of people, I think they go down the right path. And all this is, is my opinion. I don't give a shit if it's popular or unpopular, to be honest with you. That's why this podcast is called STR Unfiltered. I'm going to give you the unabated truth. And I see most people going straight after second home loans so they can get a 30-year AM and get the lowest rate. And, and I don't disagree with that. I just did my first one for property number 13 in my portfolio. I need to get that back down to 10. We can talk about that later. But I just did my first one. I'm 50. Um, I'm going to retire in four and a half years. I just did my first personal vacation, second home Fannie and Freddie loan with my Montana property uh, about four months ago. And a lot of you ask, why is that? Well, because I've been protecting my debt to income ratio this entire time. Um, I'm looking over here. I've got $5.3 million in debt on my real estate holdings, $5.3 million in debt. And almost none of that, except for the $798,000 that I owe on my Montana property and the roughly 200 and whatever, 30 or $40,000 I owe on this, my primary residence, none of that shows up on my credit report. Because like most people, I did not go and max out the nine vacation rental properties, the nine second home loans that I can do through Fannie and Freddie and have all of that show up on my credit report. It's pretty simple. If I would have done that early on, I was not making enough money as an entrepreneur. It was not a W2. I was not making enough money to where I could have scaled probably past three or four properties. What I did is I went to local commercial banks. Did I have to PG those loans, personal guarantee? 100% I did. Did I have to be bankable just like with Fannie and Freddie? 100% I did. But one of the very first questions I ask when I'm interviewing, I want to make this abundantly clear, when I'm interviewing the bank, they're interviewing me too, but I'm also interviewing them, I'm not just walking in and saying, hey, my name's Bill. Can I get a loan for this you know, short-term rental I'm looking to buy? It's like, hey, tell me, 
about what type of products you have. And, you know, do you require money to be parked here? Uh, what's my maximum amount of loan capacity with any one client? Uh, do I, can I get preferential treatment with multiple loans or more money parked or any of those types of things? I'm asking them, the bank, and one of those key questions is, do you report to the credit bureaus? And if they say yes, then I just say, awesome, thank you very much. And I go through my questions, I leave, and then I'll find another bank that does not. Because I'm going to pay, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm giving up some flexibility, typically about three quarters of a point higher, maybe a point higher than if I did a traditional Fannie and Freddie back in the day. And I'm doing a 20-year AM versus a 30-year AM. So really the only reason to do this is to protect your debt-to-income ratio. Now, if you're making half a million bucks, you know, or more, you might be in a different position. I was not making that much money when I started doing this. So I had to protect my debt so I could make sure I had my buying power. I also paid taxes. I very rarely would zero out and pay no taxes at all. As a matter of fact, this last year, I made more money than I've ever made in my life in 2022, uh, like a lot of us did. And I did, I had four cost segregations and I did not use the fourth one. I carried it forward. I did not want to zero out. I actually paid a pretty significant amount of money for a lot of people. I think I paid, you know, around $275,000, $280,000. And I could have come pretty close to zeroing that out with my fourth cost segregation. Um, I had about $1.2 million in cost seg benefit um, on my tax basis, but I didn't want to. I wanted to carry that forward to this. You're all part of my tax planning, but I have to pay tax. If I don't, then I'm going to lose my buying power. So that's where managing credit cards, managing DTI, actually paying some tax. It's not always a good thing to get it down to zero uh, because then specific banks are going to look at it as that you have no income. So with that being said, like I said, I just did my first uh, Fannie and Freddie loan because I'm pretty much on the back end of, of my investing, uh, you know, from a personal standpoint. I've got, I'm looking at my properties here. Um, I've got two too many than I want, and I'm under contract for two right now. So I've, I really don't want to have more than 10 properties. I'm, I'm making enough money. My net income is pretty much right where I want it to be, you know, and I'm using that net income to pay down my debt. So that's a whole nother thing. I'm paying down my debt. I've got $13,300,000 in current value, just under $8,7.96 in equity and five point three. A million in debt. So the 977 that I'm doing on net income, I'm using that to pay down the debt. Uh, my wife and I don't have to live off of that, thank goodness. Uh, so we live off of other businesses that we have and I'm paying down that debt. So right now I'm looking at about, you know, five and a half to, you know, five and three quarter years to pay that down. That's why I sold my Beach Mountain property uh, to get rid of that debt, pull that equity and reinvest that in the one of the properties I'm under contract right now on a 1031 uh, because I will 5X, maybe even 6X uh, the net cash flow on that. So if I do that, then I should be able to speed up paying down that $5.3 million in debt uh, to about four and a half years. So those are all different strategies that I'm doing to manage my debt. The other thing really is my credit cards. So with credit cards, I'm spending an average of about twenty dollars to $30,000 a week. It looks, well, maybe not a week, probably probably about thirty to 40000 a month on credit cards, unless I'm really in buying mode and I'm, you know, juicing up Minoan with a lot of furniture for a new property. But I'm paying that off typically every two to three days. And if I'm in buying mode, meaning not like buying furniture and that type of stuff, but if I'm in the process of acquiring properties like I am right now, I am looking at that every single day. 
And I don't want to have any more than about a three or 4% uh, ratio because all of my debt's credit card debt, right? So when I'm spending tens of thousands of dollars at Home Depot or Minoan or our house or whatever it is, Wayfair to furnish properties, I really got to stay on top of that. So I'm paying attention to my pendings, uh, my pending transactions. And on those three credit cards, I use a Southwest visa because I travel, I fly, I used to fly exclusively Southwest everywhere. I now am with Amer uh, United Airlines and I have a United Airlines credit card. I've built up like almost half a million miles just since January on their credit card. Um, and the flights I'm taking really between here and Denver and then also to Whitefish, Montana. But my rule is, is anything that's under three hours, if I can fly direct on Southwest, I'll fly Southwest. So I'm a very economical flyer. The longer flights that I've got to go to Denver, which is about three and a half hours and then two and a half to get up to Whitefish, Montana. I mean, I'm flying first class, just I'm six foot six and it's just not comfortable and, you know, United or American or whatever it is in coach uh, for me. So I'm using those two credit cards and I'm also using an Amex platinum credit card as well. And I kind of run all of my businesses on those three different credit cards. And then I, I splice everything out by, uh, by property on the back end of that. And that's something that's a whole nother conversation. If you have Jeff Hampton's uh, SCR Law Guys set up, it gives you a little bit more leeway than uh, to be able to use one credit card as opposed to one credit card for each property. I do recommend doing one credit card for each property. I'm just not going to sit here and be hypocritical. I'm not disciplined enough uh, to be able to do that because I'm a points monger and I want to get as many points as I can on these cards. With that being said, paying those credit cards off to keep them between zero to 3% balance is something that I see. I, I hover right around 785 to 815. Um, usually around the 795 to 800 mark. Um, I just need to be over 750 consistently. Uh, one of the things at the SCR Wealth Conference earlier this year, I had to make a hundred, I think it was a hundred thousand dollar payment to the venue. And literally I was on stage and that, or right before I went on stage, that payment came through, or the, the charge came through on my Amex. And I'm like, holy shit, I didn't know I could charge a hundred thousand dollars. I think maybe 30 grand was the highest individual charge. Uh, that I had ran. And then I got off stage and after a 45 minute session, I had another $195,000 charge from them uh, that was pending. That one never went through because I called them and said, Hey, can I send you a check for this? I don't need $300,000 on my credit card. Uh, but one, not starting off with second home loans, starting off with commercial products. I am not talking about DSCRs. I'm talking about local banks, commercial loans. Two is managing my credit cards, paying off my credit card debt, keeping my credit card debt absolutely to a minimum. The third thing is my wife owns all of our bad assets. I do not. I have a 2022 Ford Raptor. Um, probably one of the favorite vehicles that I've ever had, actually. Love it. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's like the off-roading uh, dune buggy, you know, uh, Baja 500 uh, type of uh, Ford F-150. It cost me about $103,000 when I purchased it. Um, I put 50 grand down, but the finance was, uh, under my wife. My wife owns that car, got her a new Tesla in 2022. I don't know. It was like 75,000 bucks, put like 50% down on that, like 35, 40 grand. Uh, the balance is on her, uh, credit. She owns those two things. I have a boat that I bought in 2021. Um, uh, it's about a $80,000 pontoon boat. Uh, once again, I think we put less down like 20, 25,000 bucks down on that. Uh, but once again, my wife owns that. I own all of our real estate. Um, we protect both of our credit scores that way. Uh, almost nothing are we personally guaranteeing uh, in doing together. That is another fault that, that spouses do, husbands and wives do when they're you know going and applying. They will both apply 
Now, if you need to have both incomes uh, and you're not filing, like if you're flying, filing separate tax returns, my wife and I are entrepreneurs, we, we file jointly. So I think one, you know, once I max mine out, if, if her credit stays up, then, you know, she'll be able to qualify as well. So it's, it's really that simple for those things to be able to factor that in. There's a whole nother component when you're going and doing commercial loans and, uh, and that's going to be managing your, your PFS, your personal financial statement. Um, and that's something I'll get into in, in a different episode because we're already at 12 minutes over the 10 minute time limit. Uh, but that's kind of managing your PFS and your, your property cash flow statements or something that's a, a whole nother animal that I'll talk about in a different episode. But for me, one, if you're brand new, look at commercial loans at your local bank, you know, just go to any local bank that has balloons, credit unions, that type of stuff. Um, I typically do that in the markets that I'm investing in. I don't use my national local banks when I'm going uh, to other cities or other states, it's just harder for them to be able to loan there. And I want the relationship in the town uh, because I typically will buy two or three properties in the same uh, market. Uh, manage your, your DTI through your credit cards, no more than 3%. Try to keep that paid off. You know, if you're carrying 10 or $15,000, the other thing with your credit cards is open up new credit cards, increase. If you have a good credit, increase your available credit and take advantage of the miles. So it's one of the reasons that we did a United uh, credit card. We got a $100,000 mile bonus. Um, and I will do that with airlines and get the miles or with Marriott or Bonvoy, whatever that is. Anything that's transferable, if you are a hacker, you know, a point hacker, make sure that you are using credit cards and entities and accruing your points, your points to where you can transfer them. If they're not transferable, then they're a little bit less valuable. But if you have a $25,000 credit limit, you have the ability to get that to 40 or 45, uh, do it. It's going to be, it's, it's a hard pull, but it's not going to maybe drop four or five, six points. But then the more credit you have, the easier it is to stay under that 3%. A lot of people stay at three to 5%. I like to be zero to 3%. So as soon as I have heavy charges and I'm going to go in immediately and I'm going to make payments on those as well, make sure you allocate the debt. The spouse is going to be signing on all your loans, give all the bad debt, the motorcycles, the, the boats, the airplanes, whatever, uh, that type of stuff, give that to uh, the spouse is not going to be signing on the debt. And then uh, we'll talk about uh, managing your PFS in the next episode. Thanks for joining me on STR, STR Unfiltered. Happy hosting, everyone. Thank you for listening to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.